Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, folks. Troy Dooley with the Beachside CEO. Hope you guys had a phenomenal weekend. I know for a lot of you, this is a three-day weekend. Uh, I know they've got the uh, Martin Luther King Day. I mean, all this stuff. It's crazy to me as I as I look at just America. We seem to have a holiday for everything. And and I'm not knocking Martin Luther King Day at all. I'm just saying we got Martin Luther King Day, we got President's Day, at least uh, they, now they have combined President's Day. You know, we used to have Washington, Lincoln, all these guys, you know, and I'm kind of wishing they'd do it again. Uh, take some of the, the different holidays that are that are bank and government school holidays, because most of us in business don't get off. But take, you know, Martin Luther King Day as an example. If, if this is, uh, I believe they call this Black History Month, if that's the key, then then let's let's put a slew of the holidays together and celebrate you know it's uh it's one of those things people ask me all the time Troy you live in the south do you celebrate Martin Luther King's day and I said no I don't I admire the gentleman admire his family now especially but what has always amazed me about Martin Luther King is it took 100 years for a man in the black community to stand up and be listened to by the masses you know, they. Uh, when we look at slavery, which was part of <clears throat> the war of aggression from the north, and and the fact that freedom was abolished, it took a hundred years for America to wake up and say, "Wait a second, you know, there's there's something we got to focus on, something we got to we got to look at," and I think that's the key here, folks. And the question that we've got to ask ourselves is today is people celebrate, and we see celebrations throughout the world, throughout America especially, is not the individual, but the message. And we've got to look at where we're at in America today and say to ourselves, we do not want to go through this again. We know that today is the inauguration of the President of the United States. You know, a a very uh, interesting time for America, although I did not vote for the president either term. You know, I find that it is also a very very cool thing that that today is being celebrated in the inauguration, the first black or at least half-black president that we have. Obviously, he's half-white and half-black, so um, not, not, not totally the way Martin Luther King maybe have imagined it but definitely a start. I figured before too long we'll probably have a female president in office. And although this doesn't have anything to do with today's coaching, I think that as American citizens we all need to look at where we're at in America today. doesn't matter if you're left, right, Republican, Democrat, somewhere in between. Be proud that you live in this country and be honored to the fact that your voice can be heard. And that you have just as many rights as anybody else. I think that's the key. It doesn't matter what your race, what your color, what your religion. You know, that's just the way it is. And I'm proud to say that I'm an American. You know, let's get on with the show. The new three-foot rule. How social, digital, and mobile media has impacted direct sales and relationship marketing. Mike Magolnik. We finish up his book today. You can go to Magolnik.com. M-A-G-O-L-N-I-C-K. Mike is the secret weapon for several of the top-end network marketing companies. 
When it comes to being able to get their presence on the Internet, he's the one they go to. And as we finish this up, impact in action, the new three-foot rule. Mike says something in here, and I'm going to cause some controversy. Here's what he writes. Not even 20 years ago, it was inconceivable to a lot of people that they would have ever expected to put their credit card information on the net. As a matter of fact, at one point, television, newspapers, and magazine ads were the advertising mediums. And while these mediums are still in use, the Internet has surpassed all three, rendering some aspects of conventional advertising completely useless. Mike's got a phenomenal point on that, but let me say something. If you're in direct sales, if you're in a local mom-and-pop shop, because the majority of people have gone online instead of offline, this is a great time to use postcards if you, if you know how to do it. Very, very good on that one. Listen to what Mike says here. He says, we might never truly understand the full impact that digital media has had on business, sales, and commerce. You could say that the nature of the business itself has not changed, but rather that it is the channels and methods through which business is accomplished that has changed. I totally agree with that. Would this be entirely an accurate assessment? It probably has some bearing, but I also think that the growth of the Internet and digital media has had more to do on the impact on business success than just that. He says there's a lot of businesses, this is, this is good, there's a lot of businesses that are only doing business because of the Internet. And he brings up Amazon and eBay, and I agree with that. Amazon and eBay, Technorati uh, is another one. These are, they wouldn't be around if it wasn't for the Internet. If you're a very conservative individual, some people say that the pornography industry would not have become so acceptable in society if it wasn't for the Internet. So we see that the Internet impacts every facet of business, of vice, gambling, the whole kit and caboodle. And here's the biggest point I think Mike makes as he shuts down this chapter is, could small business continue to compete with corporate retailers like Target, Walmart, Home Depot, without the flexibility and the freedom of an online marketplace? So those are some pretty pretty big things that he talks about. He goes on, he says, I believe the Internet has carried us into a new age of business and commerce. Your contacts just aren't in Seattle or in New York. And digital media levels the playing field for you. Now, here's where we start to get controversial. Listen to this. Take, for example, the old three-foot rule. The three-foot rule is an old rule of thumb for business that states anyone within three feet of you is someone that you could potentially tell about your business. Now, in network marketing... Anyone within three feet of you is a full prospect. You need to go talk to them. That's the, that's the mantra, traditionally and in network marketing. Mike calls it the old three-foot rule. He says the new three-foot rule is that any, anyone within three feet is a prospect, while social, mobile, and digital media, the page has turned. Your computer is in, within three feet, therefore everyone is a prospect. I fully disagree. I disagree with the old three-foot rule that says everyone within three feet of you is a prospect. And I disagree respectfully because Mike and I are buds. 
with Mike's analogy at the end of the book. Phenomenal book. you got to buy it. But listen to what I'm going to say. I told you I'm going to be a little controversial today. That everyone is a prospect. See, <clears throat> here's why I say that this is, first of all, a myth and, and antiquated in both cases. If you, the individual, are in the wrong place, looking for prospects, then everyone within three feet of you is the wrong person and are not a potential prospect. It's that plain and simple. And that's something that we don't talk about. It's something that right now Wall Street is questioning us on inside of network marketing. And I firmly believe that this is something that we must all think about. You cannot just talk to everybody within three feet of you. You must understand where it is you need to be and how you need to be presenting yourself in order for people to listen and become a prospect, which is why you need to buy this book because all of the chapters in this book from one through eight will help you define the place you need to be. My son could launch a network marketing website, could jump on there and start talking to everybody, and he would probably be in the wrong place because he wouldn't know what to do, what to say, or how to say it. But yet he'd be talking about his business. But yet he can launch a website in the tech and gaming world, and everyone that comes to his website, everyone that he goes out in the community and talks to, are potential prospects for what he's doing because he knows where to go. That's why Turner Broadcasting Company asked him to do some blogging on their brand new show. You have to know that you're in the right location, even on the Internet. I could go to, to MySpace, and I could use the three-foot rule, that says everyone within three feet of me is a prospect, and that's not accurate. Are some of the people on MySpace who are still there potential prospects? Absolutely. But not everyone. And that's why the three-foot rule never made sense to me when I was out in the field. doesn't make sense to me now. Although what Mike has put in this book makes total sense because if you've done everything that he has said to do in chapters 1 through 7 – then all of a sudden, by the time you get to chapter eight and really start focusing in on the new foot rule, the new three foot rule, and you realize that everyone you should be talking to or associating with on the internet are potential prospects, it's because you are in the right place. Mike says, in a lot of ways, internet marketing has taken a turn for the most personal, um, for a more personal as well. Successful internet marketers know that spending time interacting with people online is time well spent mostly because people have a desire to be treated like a person when it comes to business as opposed to a number derived from how much they have spent in the past or might spend in the future. That's what makes Starbucks so phenomenal because when you go over and engage with them in the community, they actually engage with you. They don't want to know how much money you spent per se. Now, I'm sure they're analytics, they know that. But they actually talk to you like a person. Mike goes on, he says, social media and online marketing has actually spawned an entire new generation of marketers, and these marketers are reinventing the concept of humor in, human interaction as it applies to shopping and retailing. Not just shopping and retailing. 
how we how we interact with with people in relationships, the psychological and mental impact has changed. I just was reading this strange situation of a Notre Dame football player who for months has been talking about how his girlfriend passed away of cancer just to learn that there was no girlfriend. And the person that he thought was his girlfriend, he'd never met in person, only met on the Internet, thought he'd fallen in love with her, just to come to find out it was a fraud. Note to self, don't do any dating online, I guess. I mean, it's really freaky weird, but that's what happens. Facebook has changed the definition of friends. Just because a person says, hey, I want to be your friend, doesn't mean they are a friend. So it impacts us far deeper emotionally and psychologically than I think even the professionals fully understand, which makes Mike's book that much more interesting. When we look at social media, when Mike wrote the social media symphony, not not three years ago, the term Pinterest and the website Pinterest didn't even exist, and yet today it's one of the fastest-growing social networks in history. Matter of fact, it is the fastest-growing social network in history. Isn't it weird? This takes us back to the original question, questions and add some other elements. might even raise concerns, which it has with me. Now that we know how to take social media and apply it to our business, not just to generate sales, but also to attract potential customers, how will we know what to do when social media begins to change? You've got to be watching. You've got to be understanding. I'm going to sum it up because Mike's such a, a, a humble person. You need to make sure that you're hanging out with Mike McGolman. That's what I do. I want to make sure that I know what Mike's got around the corner. I want to know what he's doing. That's why he gets paid the big bucks. He writes it this way. One of the best ways to stay on top of social media technology is to pay attention to what other people are talking about. Yeah, other people like him because he's a pro at this stuff. Listen to this. In the end, the businesses and the salespeople who put time and effort into their online presence on a consistent basis are going to be the ones that excel. Of course, you have to do something else right as well, but developing the presence is the key. You know, Dalton sent me a message today and he said, Dad, I've done more in 60 days than I did all of last year and it's paying off. And it's like, yes, it is. You know, last year was his foundation year. I was getting his site set up, his blog, making sure he knew what he wanted to do and how he wanted to do it, building the relationships, learning how to do the code the way he wanted it done, knowing that he could support a complete community, not just him. No get rich overnight. No get rich fast taking his time and doing it right. And now it's paying off. I was watching an interaction that he had with the coding guru over at Gunners. And Gunners is a, one of the best glasses you can buy if you do anything on the net. And, and here's my son, 22 years old, starting out just like they started out in his in his house, interacting with multimillionaires that have, have I mean, hundreds of millions in sales. You can buy their sunglasses at Best Buy and all these top-end stores. You know, to have to have TBS say, hey, we want you to do some blogging with us over here on our new nerd show. And for him to be able, I mean, I think it's pretty cool whenever I get to interview great people in network marketing. And here he is interviewing Robert Carradine from Revenge of the Nerd movies. And Robert's one of the executive producers of this new show. He comes from a gigantic family of actors and 
here's my son interviewing him. That's pretty rocking cool as a dad. And, 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 and on this note, to talk about social media even deeper, my friend Gary Racer's son, John, had, had launched a phenomenal golfing network. Now he's taken over the PR department, second generation over at Limu. And when I see this, here's what I'm saying. This is how it's different. Gary and I started out in network marketing. There wasn't no Internet. Our kids weren't doing anything on, on the social network scene. And now in both Gary and I, our sons, are in the business with us in different perspects, aspects. They've built their own businesses successfully. That's pretty daggum rocking cool. You know, with all the crap we see out there about this generation and, and stuff, we get guys like Mike who, who write a book, and I can actually see it in, in working in my family, and it just kicks butt to me because that's what it's about. Folks, this show's a little bit short today because I am going to watch the inaugural speech. I believe that's part of what you do as an American citizen. But tomorrow we'll be starting a brand new series, and you will know about it before tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. Live life like it's an epic adventure. Stay dangerous, stay strong, and if you're in network marketing, act like it. You've been listening to the Beachside CEO on Home Business Radio Network, the voice in positive pirate radio.